Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word for the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, December the 5th, 2023. It is the uh, Tuesday of the second week of Advent. So um, depending on how you count it, it would be like day three of the second week of Advent. Sunday's day one. Monday would be day two. Tuesday would be day three. So it's the day three of the second week of Advent 2023. And uh, we started yesterday uh, doing um, Advent readings. And so we're going to continue that on the next few weeks as we lead up to Christmas. And so today uh, we have three readings. And again, I put those references, the scripture references in the episode notes. So if you are wondering again which verses we read, um, you can just glance down in the uh, description of the episode and it has the uh, verse references there. So uh, this is based from on a traditional Advent uh, devotional, uh, not, not devotional, Advent uh, reading plan, uh, lectionary readings that have been around for hundreds, maybe thousands, but no, not not thousands, but definitely hundreds of years. So, um, yeah. So today, the our first reading is going to be Isaiah chapter 21, or chapter 1, verse 21 through 31. Isaiah 1, 21 through 31. All right, let's do it. Welcome, everybody. You know what we do? We read, we pray. We change the world. Let's go. All right. 21 through 31. See how the faithful city has become a prostitute. She once was full of justice, righteousness, uh, and righteousness used to dwell in her, but now murderers. Ooh. Lamenting the... Uh, the downfall of a great city, right? Of a righteous city. Your silver has become dross. Your choice wine is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, partners with thieves. Hmm. So he's just basically, you know, the prophetic imagination, right? So good morning, everybody. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Debbie. Two Debbies and a Molly. Good morning, all of you. Um, the prophetic imagination, the prophets spoke in poetry. Um, they had a, their, their God used their imagination and their way to craft um, images with words uh, to communicate um, a timely word. And so he's, he's painting a picture of of just a city and a people who've lost their way. Uh, wicked rulers, um, ungodliness, it's full of injustice. Um, he's really painting how, how far they've fallen. 
Um, your rulers and rebels partner with thieves. They all love bribes and chase after gifts. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless. The widow's case does not come before them. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the Mighty One of Israel declares, ah, I will vent my wrath on my foes and avenge myself on my enemies. So God's had enough. Right? So Isaiah is speaking on behalf of God, saying God has seen the wickedness. He's seen the, the injustice. He's seen the, uh, the bribery and the deceit. And change is a coming. <laughs> and I will vent my wrath on my foes and avenge myself on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you. I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove all your impurities. I will restore your leaders as in days of old, your rulers as at the beginning. Afterward, you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. So though things look bad and uh, gloomy and sinful and wickedness and wicked and all of those things. Now, um, there's a day coming when I'm going to um, change all of that. Afterward, you will be called the city of righteousness and the faithful city. Verse 27, Zion will be delivered with justice. Her penitent, her penitent ones, penitent the ones who have repented. <laughs> Penitent, uh, that's a hard one to say, ones with righteousness. But rebels and sinners will both be broken, and those who forsake the Lord will perish. You will be ashamed because of the sacred oaks in which you have delighted. Um, those were the um, um, pagan worship, the sacred oaks. So, um, the worship of, they would create Asherah poles, or basically worship, which were poles um, that were used to worship foreign gods. Um, you have shame because of the sacred oaks in which you have delighted. Um, you will be disgraced because of the gardens that you have chosen. You will be like an oak with fading leaves, like a garden without water. Hmm. Think of that. You will be like a garden without water. That's what anyone's life looks like uh, without the Lord. Eventually, it ends up looking like a garden without water. Um, you can you can work it and you can try to keep make it look good, but if there's no spiritual nourishment, spiritual vitality flowing into it, it is a it's a never ending battle. It's going to die. It's going to uh, wilt and wither. But when there is the stream of living water, as it were, the stream of um, spiritual life flowing through our lives and communities, for that matter, then there's, there's, a, uh, there's a flourishing that happens. Yeah. You will be like an oak with fading leaves, like a garden without water. The mighty man will become tender, and his work a spark. Ooh, going to catch fire. Both will burn together with no one to quench the fire. Hmm. 
Isaiah is pointing to a day of judgment. Like there's going to come correction. Like the day of the Lord is going to bring some correction and some um, judgment on the status quo, which has become ungodly. You know, the interesting thing too about Advent is we, in at Advent, we of course look back to the first coming of Jesus, but we also anticipate the second coming of Jesus. First coming came quietly, and no one even was aware that the Son of God had come. The second coming will be very much loud and noisy, and all will see. Um, Jesus came at the first advent to inaugurate the kingdom of God. In the second coming, he will come to consummate the kingdom of God. And we live between the two advents. And uh, part of what Isaiah is saying is that when Jesus comes, he's going to inaugurate the kingdom that are going to bring these things to be. Um, and the kingdom of God will bring it in part during his first comings, but in totality at his second coming. Yeah. First Thessalonians. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. We are doing Advent readings. So we are in uh read first we read Isaiah. Now we're jumping over to First Thessalonians chapter one. Uh, nope, false. First Thessalonians chapter two, verses one through twelve. The print is very small, so I misread it all the time. So here we go. First Thessalonians chapter two. Basically the whole chapter. Well, not all of the chapter. About half the chapter. You know, brothers and sisters that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, who we dare to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God, to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. Hmm. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. So Paul is just talking about the, uh, the motivation and the method of their ministry in Thessalonica reminding them that, that the preaching was not with impure motives. It was not trickery. Um, they were doing what they felt compelled by God to share, um, and that that motivation was not out of a people-pleasing motivation, but it was out of a God-pleasing motivation. Like we want... <laughs> no, no, no one ever says that, right? I have to admit, I'm a people-pleaser. Right, people will say that, but no one ever says, "You know, I just have to be." I have to be honest. I'm just a God pleaser. <laughs> I just got. Uh, I'm sorry. I just have this. I just have this. It's a hang up. I'm a God pleaser. I'm sorry. <laughs> no apology necessary. <laughs> oh, but it wouldn't it be. It would be awesome if we were more bent that way, right? As God pleasers, you know, not in a uh, self righteous, arrogant pharisaical, mean way, but in an honest, pure, godly way that we 
I'm a God pleaser. I mean, honestly, that's what I want to be. Right? That's what we all want to be. That's what we all should want to be. Uh, verse 3 or 5. I can't read it because there's a line right over the verse. But you know we never use flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. So we never came to you with greed. We weren't like masking our uh, our true motivation, which was greed. No, our true motivation was to please God. So we weren't masking anything. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. Hmm. That's a great, and it's a great practical wisdom approach to life, right? Like, even if, like, isn't it inspiring and um, even moving sometimes when someone who is quote unquote quote greater um, is willing to um, serve the lesser? You know, maybe someone who has more wisdom, maybe someone who has more knowledge, maybe someone who is the professional or the expert, but they approach the situation in humility. Even though they could be teaching the class, they step in as a student, willing to learn, willing to grow. Um, yeah, I'm all, you know, I'm always, I think that's a great teaching for us when it comes to just approaching our lives and, and our interactions with others. Take the lowest place, right? That's kind of the similar idea is take that place of humility. Advent, Christmas teaches us that. Jesus, the Son of God, does not come as a king. What does he come? He comes as a baby. He comes, you know, not, not hey, everybody, I'm in charge. No, he comes and takes the lowly place. And here, uh, the Apostle Paul is basically saying the same thing. We we didn't we could have asserted our authorities authority. We were we were apostles, but we didn't come saying, "Hey, we're the apostles." Okay, everybody line up. No, he says we, what we came we came as children, needy, those willing to learn, those uh, with something to gain, not just give. Yeah. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Hmm. I mean, that is the way the gospel should work, right? It's not just a download of information, but it's about um, a d doing life with others, gospeling, if you will, <laughs> gospeling with others. Not only declaring the good news, but living the good news and being in the community and being in fellowship, uh, in the gospel fellowship, in the good news fellowship, um, gospeling with one another, you know, just living out the good news. Bluetooth disconnected. Um, Bluetooth connected. So, yeah. So we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to burden anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. Hmm. It's one of the few times that's the uh, 
descriptor of the gospel. Uh, you know, it's often the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel, uh, or just the gospel, uh, the good, the gospel of Jesus, Jesus Christ, the gospel. But the gospel of God—it's one of the few times it's that maybe the only time in the Bible that it's referred to as the gospel of God, the good news of God. <laughs> Verse ten: You are witnesses, and so is God of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Hmm. Yeah. You contrast that with what Isaiah said and how the disruption and corruption and the uh, misguided spiritual... Um, direction of that time and here paul is saying we're we're jesus has come now and we're challenging you to live a life worthy of the gospel worthy of your calling to live out righteousness and justice and peace and godliness because the new kingdom has been inaugurated all right luke chapter 20 Luke chapter 20, verses 9 through 18, 29 through 18. Here we go. He went on to tell, this is Jesus speaking, he went on to tell them this parable. A man planted a vineyard, rented it to some farmers, and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants so they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. He also sent another servant, but that one also they beat and treated shamefully and sent away empty-handed. He sent still a third, and they wounded him and threw him out. Now this parable is God, right? The, the owner, the landowner is God. The vineyard is Israel, is the people of God. Um, and these servants that are being sent into the field to uh, collect some of the uh, fruit of the field are the prophets, those that God sent throughout history to remind Israel, hey, you should be bearing the fruit of righteousness. You should be doing godly things, righteous things. And instead of listening to the prophets and hearing the voice of the prophets, what did they do? They beat the prophets. The prophets, the prophets were not popular people in their time. They were they were popular afterwards, you know. They built monuments to them when they were dead. In the meantime, they when they were alive, they killed and persecuted them. Um, and so, so Jesus is telling this parable again, going back to is going back to Isaiah. That's how this all ties together. Isaiah was one of those voices crying in the wilderness, right? He was one of those voices trying calling people to repentance, calling people back to God, uh, and also conceding the fact that there probably wouldn't be any change until Jesus came, until Messiah would come, and uh, because there would be a, a steady, consistent, persistent uh, stubbornness. And, um, and so God continued, though, to send prophets, uh, Isaiah, the major prophets, Jeremiah, but also the minor prophets, Amos, and... Um, Habakkuk and Obadiah and all those Micah and all those guys Malachi, and those are those are those servants 
that Jesus is kind of referring to, these servants that went um, to minister and to correct God's field. And what happened? They were, they were rejected. They were, in many cases, killed. They were treated shamefully. Verse 13. Then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? So what do I do? Like, they won't listen to prophets. They won't listen to correction. They won't listen to my word. What shall I do? I will send my son whom I love. Advent. Advent. I will bring my son. I will send my son whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. Maybe. Let's see what happens. But when the tenants saw him, they talked the matter over. This is the heir, they said. Let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. So now watch this. Jesus is telling this parable, and Jesus is alive when he's telling this parable. This is a little, quite a bit before his crucifixion. But Jesus knows why he has come. He knows the, what will happen in the end. Jesus came to die. He knew that. He came to teach and preach and set an example and, and inaugurate the kingdom. Yes, but the ultimate plan was to end. Reality was he knew he was going to be giving his life. And that's obvious in the telling of this parable. He says, you know, God will send his son, or the owner will send his son, and how will they receive this, even the son? Well, they killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Took it away from Israel and gave it to the world. It's not just the, the kingdom is, doesn't belong to just uh, Israel. The kingdom belongs now to all people, all those who accept the Son. When the people heard this, they said, God forbid. Jesus looked directly at them and asked, then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. Hmm. The teachers of the law and the chief priests looked away for looked for a way to arrest him immediately, which is ironic, right? Like he just told the story about that they were going they would kill the prophets. And even the sun, when the sun came, and here immediately after Jesus has finished teaching, it says, verse 19, the teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately. <laughs> like, they are just staying true to form. Why? Because they knew he had spoken this parable against them. But they were afraid of the people. Mm. Jesus the coming of Jesus was going to turn the tables, was going to right the wrongs um, of what Isaiah prophesied, right? The injustice, the wicked rulers, the corruption, um, the love of greed that um, Jesus was going to come and overturn that and reveal it. And we see over in the epistle that this new community birthed by Jesus in, the, in Thessal Thessalonica, they're not motivated by greed. They're not motivated by uh, power. They're not motivated by people-pleasing. They're motivated by God-pleasing. That kingdom that was predicted by Isaiah 
inaugurated and proclaimed through Jesus is being lived out in Thessalonica. <laughs> Praise God. God is good, man. Let's pray, you guys. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for Advent and your coming. Thank you for the kingdom that you have inaugurated that is growing and expanding, a kingdom of righteous and peace and joy where Jesus is king. Lord, we, um, we thank you. We thank you for the season when we can relive and reconsider all that uh, you mean to the world and that you mean to us. Lord, I pray blessing and encouragement and strength upon each and every person today. I pray that as we continue to walk through this season, we walk slowly through the crowd and we listen to your voice, that we are motivated by you, that we are determined to be God-pleasers. Help us to do that, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. We'll be back at it tomorrow as we continue on with our readings, just like today. We'll keep walking through this Advent uh, journey. Thank you for being a part of it. Thanks for jumping on. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. Really appreciate that. Those of you guys on YouTube, if you can hit the like button before you zip out to work or your jog or wherever you're headed, appreciate that. Thank you guys for sharing it. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Thanks so much for being a part of it. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.